0: This is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis.
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to Making Finances Easier. My name is Paul Cochran. I'm joined with my colleague, Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Hey, good morning, Paul. We are from Providence Advisors Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear on today's show, please give us a call at 865-770-5031. We're going to dive right in because we've got a bunch of stuff to cover today. I'd like to touch on at least three things, if possible. Number one, just a legislative item uh, that's before the Supreme Court this week, number two, some tax tips, because everybody's talking about taxes this week and next, and then, if we have time, I'd like to touch on some more of the SECURE Act 2.0. That sounds like a plan, Paul. Let's do it. Okay. So so first, we're recording this the week of February the 27th, and so this week, the Supreme Court hears arguments related to um, President Biden's... um, executive order and hope to eliminate all student debt and um, and so what I what I'm hoping is that our listeners can um, be more aware and uh, participate in this uh, kind of legislative process and this is one of my pet peeves and I'm going to try to keep my rant short But the whole idea here is that we need desperately in our country to maintain this separation of powers. So we have a legislative branch, we have an executive branch, and um, we have a judicial branch. And And we learned in civics, in middle school or high school, that those three branches have different roles. And it, it's arguable that the legislative branch is the uh, theoretically the most powerful because they could even impeach the president. Um, but um, what ends up happening nowadays is that the legislative branch, Congress, has abdicated their responsibilities, and um, they either the uh, the executive branch, I, i.e., the president does an executive order and i know like even obama famously said well hey i've got a pen here if, if the congress doesn't do their job i'll do it and um, and then um or it gets pushed up to the supreme court and the supreme court is trying to say hey listen we're not here to make laws we're here to uh try to uh Adjudicate the law. We're trying to make sure that we obey the law, and then so if something gets up, gets kicked up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decides it in a way that people don't like, well, then they demonize the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court, it, it, part of what they're trying to say is that's not our job. So um, the they're going to be hearing these arguments this week. But but if 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 this goes through. And with a stroke of a pen, if he's allowed to eliminate 400, uh, this it, I think they estimate it's like 400 billion dollars worth of debt, then that directly affects tax liability that we have as a lot of the other financial decisions. And I'm not picking on President Biden, both sides of the aisle do this. But we, it, it, we really need to have the gumption, and I think it, as listeners, we need to make sure that we vote in representatives that understand the um, division of, of, of powers and let, elect legislators who will do their job, work together, make compromises, make laws, and not kick it up to the Supreme Court and blame them. So, end of rant. I just want to, uh, in a small way, just try to inspire our listeners to, to, to be involved and uh, really insist that these branches of government uh, stay separate because that's how there's a, some protection for all of us. Um, okay, uh, next. So, everybody's working on their taxes. I know on my kitchen table right now I've got... Uh, my taxes, my mom's taxes um, and I know a lot of people are uh, getting in all their tax forms and everything to get their taxes done. But there are some practical things that can be done here before April 18th to uh, lessen the 2022 tax bill and so um, some of them require uh, some earned income. Um, so what I was hoping is we could just kind of walk down this a little bit. And we haven't rehearsed this or anything, um, but uh, Garrett, I know that, that we talk about kind of a, kind of an if if this, then that uh, kind of alternatives. So let's take an example. Let's say there's somebody. Uh, the, the people might not realize this, but let's say the example before we came on the air, where somebody's in their 70s, they're already taking required minimum distributions, but they're working in retail. They can actually take a um, or make a $7,000 deposit into an IRA, which could save them some. A, a significant amount on their taxes
2: yeah sure and you hit the nail on the head i think this week uh it's the tail is the last week of february when we're recording and i think uh i think i i got like six or seven phone calls from clients just yesterday morning all needing their tax forms uh to give to their tax preparers and i i really think this is peak week of people thinking about getting their taxes uh done and uh you know, we, have talked about a few things that we help clients with during that transition, but, uh, you know, a big one right now is clients are working with their tax preparers and they're working with us and they're just trying to figure out, is there any last second things I can do, uh, smart tax planning that I could take a benefit of. And one of the areas, uh, that commonly comes up is making a prior year tr- retirement account contribution. So, uh, if you have a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, uh, sometimes you can have some self-employed retirement accounts. Uh, you have this flexibility, even though 2022 has already passed, December 31st of last year, you can still do some contribution moves that go on last year's 2022 tax return that a lot of clients are currently working on. And the key thing is earned income. Uh, the, is is the key that safe? The key thing is earned income, but the one I wanted to. Uh, spend a few minutes talking about is probably one of the more it's the most common retirement account but it's so confusing a lot of people uh when we have this discussion they say wow i didn't realize it was so complicated and this is just your normal traditional ira and a lot of people uh, that we're working with are going to be married uh and if they're married your ability to make a uh deductible IRA contribution is based on your current working employment or and or your spouse's current working arrangement and okay, so, so explain that. uh well you know a lot of clients that are that are working with us we're we're helping people that are about to retire transitioning into retirement so there's a lot of conversations where one client is working and their spouse is not and so uh, I, I have this flow chart in front of me that I have to refer to every single time because the rules are complicated. But one of the first questions we have to ask is, does you or your spouse have earned income? And a lot of times the answer is going to be yes, one of us do does. And let's, let's just stop there just for a second. So earned income, people
1: ask, well, gosh, does uh, doesn't my rental income... Uh, is that included? Is my, is my interest that I earn off my savings, is that earned income? Or is it just my employment income?
2: Yeah. And I have to be careful. I don't give tax advice here because in order to really n- nail down, I want to, b- before a client just says, oh yes, it, I didn't pay social security tax on it. I'd like to really see the tax return or, you know, something proving that they did or didn't. But my general rule, uh, and you may have to talk to your accountant to let really nail down into this, is that if you're paying social security taxes on that income, then I would call that earned income. Yeah. Uh, so with some people's rental income they are not paying social security tax or medicare tax on those rental receipts and so uh generally speaking a rental income is not going to be considered earned income if you have a pension that you're getting from work you're not paying social Security tax on that uh, so that is not earned income if you have capital gains from your investment account you are not paying social Security right. tax on that so that's not earned income so Perfect. usually it's going to be wages reported on a w2 that's going to be considered earned income helpful and uh, you know as I, as I go through this example Paul let's let's kind of consider your a traditional married couple uh if if somebody's listening and they're single and they aren't married uh you know that's something you could call in get some help and we'd be glad to help you with but uh Did you make a contribution to a Roth IRA? Uh, That's another side conversation. But if you're trying to reduce your tax liability for 2022, the answer would probably be no. And uh, if you haven't made a contribution to a Roth IRA, that means your full limit in a traditional IRA would be open. And then if you're under age 50 in year 20 or tax year 2022, you could contribute up to 6,000. But a lot of our clients are going to be over age 50, and this catch-up contribution that allows them to contribute up to $7,000 a piece into a traditional IRA uh, is an option. And so uh, your tax filing status would be married filing jointly and then here is where uh, the tricky stuff comes in. There's this term that the IRS uses and it it calls uh, potentially you or your spouse an active participant in an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So this is how it works with an active participant in an employer-sponsored retirement plan. Uh, I like to kind of start at the end, and the end says that if neither you or your spouse are working, uh, you can deduct the full uh, $7,000 a piece into a traditional IRA. So if neither of you are working, this active participant issue is not a concern. Uh, where it comes into play is if uh, one of you are working and or one of you aren't. And so uh, if you are an active participant in an employer sponsored retirement plan and this just means that you uh, are eligible to participate in a 401k 403b 457 uh, we have to look at your modified adjusted gross income and if that is below 109000 as a married filing jointly that means that you could contribute up to that $7,000 if you're over age 50 and fully deduct that from your taxes in 2022 if you're Uh, married filing jointly income is above $129,000, you cannot make a deductible IRA contribution for 2022. If you're somewhere in between, uh, you need to work with a financial planner or accountant or read the rules on how to do a pro-rata calculation. But let's hop to the next scenario where maybe you aren't an active participant, but your spouse is an active participant in an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So only one of you is involved in a plan. Correct. You're, in this case, it'd be your spouse. Uh, we're again looking at your modified adjusted gross income and these levels rival a roth income no, limit they're much higher much higher and so as if your spouse is an active employer in an an active participant in an employer-sponsored retirement plan, the modified adjusted gross income goes all the way up to $204,000. If your income is below that, you can do a fully deductible IRA contribution. If it's above $214,000, you can't. So long story short, I have to look at this chart every single time I do it because it's confusing on which income limit applies to which person. But uh, if somebody is still working and somebody is uh, in a married couple is still a participant in a 401k plan, uh, you you may still be able to make a traditional IRA contribution on top of what they're already doing at work. And so where I'd kind of come back to some of this tax planning for last year is that for somebody that wants to reduce tax liability for last year, uh, look at a traditional IRA contribution and then depending on how much income you're making, if you're below those numbers, I said uh, it'd be a great opportunity uh perhaps to make a deductible IRA contribution for last year even though it's 2023
1: great right. so really every time every time we talk to somebody uh, in in January and February we're really asking these questions can they make a a, 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 um, a contribution Uh, If so, how much, that depends on whether or not they have a plan at work and whether or not their spouse has a plan at work, whether they're married or not. There are several little variables that uh, create a matrix that we can make a determination about how much they can can contribute and how much of that contribution is, uh, you know, reduces their tax liability
2: if at all. Yeah, and I'd also add in there, too, traditional IRAs, just one account. Like, uh, I know we have one guy uh, who's a business owner and has a SEP IRA from a few years ago. And uh, when he gets to SEP IRAs, those are kind of dependent on your profit at work from last year. And so that's where kind of... A, up to like 60000 Yeah, it can, it can be way more than this six and 7000 or it can be less, <laughs> depending on how your company did right, last year. Right. And so you don't know how much you can contribute into those self-employed retirement plans until your fiscal year at work has ended or the calendar year, and you can calculate your net profits of your business. And so each of those retirement accounts are going to have a different uh, way they calculate that. And so it's another good time to work with your accountant to figure out, hey, if I wanted to contribute more to my retirement plan, uh my self-employed retirement, how much could I do? And then on top of that, we have some business owners that don't even know that that's a, uh, you know, I, I will meet people and they have no idea that they could be contributing more money into a self-employed retirement account. And they, uh, we had one a couple of weeks ago, they're contributing to just a traditional IRA and a non-retirement account. And just the question pops up, you know, should you be participating in an individual 401k, a simple IRA, a SEP IRA? Uh, because if the goal is to save more in retirement now that your business can cash flow is better than ever. Uh, Let's explore how much more we could get into a retirement account. We can maybe even lower your your taxable income this year and get you into a lower bracket. Yeah. You know, one of the things we've talked about, oh, by the way,
1: 865-770-5031. Anytime we're talking about anything on the show that kind of rings a bell, uh, prompts some interest, whatever, Um, maybe you don't have a financial advisor maybe you have a financial advisor and would like a second opinion on your situation give us a call Uh, we'd be glad to have a little uh, phone call with you we can set up a little 15-minute call and we can determine if um, if if maybe we should you know take some more steps uh, towards working together we are fiduciaries you know we're not doing commissions and that type of thing so we are uh, fee-based advisors in in what we do. So Garrett, I know one of the things we've talked about is you're gonna be starting this whole designation of an enrolled agent. And uh, so tell me a little bit, kind of off the cuff here, I didn't prepare you for this, but what kind of prompted you to to want to do that?
2: Uh, Yeah, when I was, uh, I, I did my CFP designation, I think it was in 2019, and one of the things I realized when I went through that material was that I really enjoyed tax planning. Uh, It was my probably favorite component of the CFP study book, just because as I read it, I was like, this is complicated. I like it. It's a lot of numbers. But I also just saw how much value can come from tax advice, tax planning, and uh, being forward looking as a financial planner, but also understanding how to read a tax return and how to uh, help people understand what's going on. Because I, I oftentimes find when you talk to a client, they're working with a tax preparer uh, but their familiarity with how their income is flowing in and what deductions are taken and are they itemizing, uh, you know, their eyes gloss over yeah, or let me, let over. Me,
1: let me stop you just for a second because I really liked what you said just a second ago and I want to highlight it that a lot of times what we think of when we think of a tax preparer or a tax advisor they're almost always looking in the rear view mirror. Here's what happened and how can we you know, either fix it or, or work on it or calculate it correctly. And part of the financial advisor is looking through the windshield and really trying to organize things in the route ahead that are going to be uh, safe and safe and optimal.
2: Would you agree with that? Yeah, and so, uh, you know, in a, uh, a a tax preparer an accountant might say, well, your financial planner is not looking at your tax returns every single year. Okay. And so uh, the, the beauty, I think, of the enrolled agent is I, I don't want to sit for four exams or to get a CPA designation. CPA designation would be overkill for what we do. I don't ever plan on going into audit or bookkeeping or anything like that. I really care about uh, personal tax and planning. And, Planning and even the, the business tax, how, how small businesses run their tax returns. That interests me and I feel like has a lot of value for our clients. And, uh, you know, what prompted me to do the, the CFP years ago was you just don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and uh, I. I, th- I feel like with the enrolled agent, there's going to be uh, some minutiae that just won't come up in everyday conversations with clients. But I think having a familiarity uh, with all the different tax forms available, filing deadlines, penalties, uh, I'd like to be able to give tax advice. I have to tell people all the time, uh, you know, I have to be careful here that I'm not giving tax advice. Uh, I've got one guy uh later today where he's looking at a tax form he's gotten from a custodian and he, he, he needs help clarifying it, but I can't give him advice on how to fill out his tax return because I'm not uh, an enrolled agent or a CPA. And so I'd love to be able to go the extra mile and be able to give that advice for clients because it's such a simple answer. But I can't give that advice because I don't have the designation. Uh, so it, it, it's an interesting world, but uh, I love taxes. I feel like there's a lot of, uh, we call it alpha, the ability for an advisor to add value to clients and, uh, you know I, I look forward to doing it but that's excellent
1: that's great garrett and you know one of the things i respect about you is you know in college you didn't choose a simple major you know you did electrical engineering and then you were willing to uh um kind of follow some of the um kind of uh, initial curiosities and then uh the 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 beauty and the Uh, benefits of helping people with financial planning. So you got your CFP. Now you're looking at this, um, enrolled agent and, uh, you know, it's funny with uh, some of our designations, you know, we're required to do continuing education. And sometimes I'll kind of chomp at the bit a little bit. It's like, oh, I don't want to have to do this because I'm doing other stuff. I'm working with this client. I got these cases to prepare. But every single time I get in there and start doing these, doing I think, wow, this is helpful. This is beneficial. I can see how this is going to apply to X and Y and Z and all these other areas. So initially, I've been, you know, here I am. I'm, I'll be 63 in two weeks. And I still can find myself kind of resenting it a little bit that, that, that having to do some of those studies. But I always am grateful. I'm always benefit um, when, when I go through them. Well, let's um, let's postpone our, our, our deeper dive into two, uh, Secure Act 2.0 until next week. Well, since every household's different, every every uh, plan is has variations. Give us a call, 865-770-5031. If you'd like some uh, uh, practical financial planning advice uh, and investment advice, makingfinanceseasier.com.
0: We're a Providence Advisors group. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online. makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC, Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management. LLC are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for